Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. This is the Nickish Show. It is November 20th, 2020. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here to talk about the post-NBA draft reaction and all the other little itty-bitty, huge sometimes things that are going on in the NBA right now. Um, especially with the Knicks, we've seen we've seen our guys go to work right now. The front office has been putting in the work. I'm happy. I don't know how you're feeling this morning, but we're uh, we're out here. This is a Nickish cup of coffee early morning. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm just like I'm checking my watch. I'm waiting for the media to just like suck Brock Aller's dick like they sucked Sean Marks' dick when he made all these like random moves for a veteran with two second round picks. You know what yeah. I mean? Everybody in the media is like, "Oh my God, Sean Marks is visionary. Look what he's doing. He's making the right yeah. moves for Brooklyn." We let's talk. Let's Ed- talk about that one. What 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 was that trade? So apparently exactly. we got Ed Davis and two second round picks from Jazz. So I was gonna get to that, but I just first want to make that commentary. It's just like. We we the, all these reporters report this deal, but they don't give us the props that the Brooklyn got. You know what I mean? So you know the double standards there. It's so obvious. But yeah, I mean, be, the deal in a nutshell is exactly what I said. The Knicks have agreed to acquire Ed Davis and two second round picks. Um, news hasn't leaked about what we gave up, but I'm assuming possibly cash or maybe another a second round pick on our end. It's I mean it hasn't been reported anywhere. I don't know about you, bro, but. I'm I'm gonna say like Ed Davis may be washed, but from everything I hear, especially when he was on Brooklyn, he's a great vet for a young team. And at the end of the day, like we want Mitch to play as many minutes as we as he can. So getting Ed Davis, who's a pro like center that has like who's a vet center, um, on a cheap contract to come in and play ten, fifteen minutes if that, I, I think that's a great deal. And we got two second round picks, you know. And mm-hmm. what what are your thoughts? Like what do you? Yeah, think? I mean, I. It's hard to 100% gauge the deal when we don't know what the Knicks gave up, but they couldn't have given up much. Definitely not a player. I think by now we would have heard if they gave up a player, it had to be cash or, or maybe one pick, a second-round pick or something. I don't know. But most likely yeah. it's cash. I don't know why the Jazz would have gone through with it and give, and because Ed Davis only had a $5 million contract. They were really were trying to shut something. I don't know. Um, but that's that's that was a Brock Aller, you know, special. taking yep. Absorbing a $5 million contract and getting two second round picks that's beautiful and ed davis is that vets vet uh he's excellent rebounding the ball he's been in the league for at least a decade i want to say and um i think he's a caa agent too so maybe they do decide to keep him and make him happy and just bring in that vet because Todd gibson uh they did not pick him pick up his offer so um he's not he's no longer on the team technically they did decide they did mention that uh or at least the media mentioned that there there is still mutual interest between the teams to have another contract going between the teams but for now at the moment the Knicks don't have a vet but they brought in Ed Davis to I guess fill in that role but he could be used as a trade ship for another team that needs a solid rebounder and then they could get another second round pick now the important thing is that it's a 2023 pick and you want to explain why that that itself the Knicks now I believe have four 2023 picks yeah um what's the big deal about 2023 so before we even get to that, we also got to mention we picked up a 2023, a 2020, another 2023 second it. rounder on draft night. Yo, thank you. It was really hard. It's early in the morning. Like our listeners understand. Um, 
we picked up a second rounder kind of in controversial manner. You know what I mean? We had a 33rd overall pick in the second round, and we just kind of traded it for a second round pick three years down the line. I know there was some, like, uh, belly aching and just whining about that on mm-hmm. Nick's Twitter, but we fucking whine about everything, so it is what it is. We're like one dysfunctional family. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so the basic idea is, like, I remember the like most pro- people have probably heard the rumor was around 2022 is when high school players were allowed to be drafted. Um, apparently, it's not going to be 2022. They said early as 2023. So if it's 2023 and like it's basically a double draft where it's like almost double the prospects, that mm-hmm. means second round picks are much more valuable because like you could get late first round value within that second round, which is which can happen, but it's like unusual. And you know the Knicks are obviously like. You know, with foresight, you know what I mean? They see ahead. They're thinking, like, yo, we, we're prepared. We, we stocked our assets for that, like, occasion. And I'm thinking just on a conspiracy level that Leon and Wes, being the kind of plugged-in, connected guys they are, they probably have some intel about the fact that this draft, like, this draft rule is going to be changed by then. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. otherwise it doesn't make sense. Why would they, like, stack up all these uh, picks by then? So, great move, you know what I mean? Yeah, and if anything, if it comes down to the point where high school drafts are going to be or are, are you're allowed to draft high school players in 2023 those are very good trading chips also you know you're just exactly. adding on to your assets and for ed davis it costs you five million dollars and the knicks have uh are i think the biggest cap in the league uh correct me if i'm wrong second biggest i think was reported i think Could atlanta be. has the most top three or? we'll say top three which is for for the knicks that's unprecedented <laughs> top three in having the most cap space and using it to get extra picks that's that's what a smart team does that's what we've seen smart teams do recently and that's what the knicks are following so you can't you can't knock on that let's go straight to the nba draft results now if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out our live stream uh we were on the nothing but knicks show this past wednesday night three-hour live stream you can check it out and see our our live takes as they came in with with the nothing but nicks network guys uh sim andy all you know all those other 12 of us it was a great show it was our first time it was our debut show with yeah. with the team and i i had a great time um Facts. we uh you could definitely check it out great show um off the bat obi toppin it's been two days since or a day and a half since he's been drafted i know he wasn't our favorite pick but you know, what are your thoughts on him now, now that he's officially a Nick? Uh, obviously, we had like 48 hours to chew on it. You know what I mean? Just think about it. Um, you know, from the stream, like the stream you just mentioned, shout out Sam for having us on. You know what I mean? Whole MBK fam. He he made it a point to say when we was all in the room, like, yo, we just formed like Voltron. That's exactly what it was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we all just came together finally. So it was, it was a dope thing to be a part of and really felt like we was at home, you know? Like, they made it made sure that we was, uh, um, felt like we just fit in and that was really dope. Um, but anyway, on that stream, I think one of the first topics we all discussed was just like, what are the thoughts on these rumors of us trading up to five to get top in? You and I were both hard no, you know what I mean? Or at least I was hard no. I, no, I, I was dropped a definitely hard no. Yes, yeah, so I definitely dropped that line that like he's like an athletic in his cancer. So I was dead set against him us trading up for him. And then the prospect, like Toppin as a prospect himself, you and I had discussed this before, like I'm iffy on him, you know what I mean? We're both pretty much iffy on him. I, I, that's like the best case scenario like or the best way to describe me you know, describe my view on him but getting him an eight when he was like a slated top five pick for all these months i mean you can't argue with that being a good good like a good thing you know what i mean um like i obviously see the offensive potential it's just like the age obviously is 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 a big question mark you know what i mean like in terms of like you know i sent you the list like from an athletic article top yeah. 20 picks that are age 22 or older, you know what I mean, in the last, I think it was like a decade. It's not a pretty, 
yeah, tw- 12 years, there you go. It's not a pretty list, you know what I mean? I think one could argue the best player on the list is Buddy Heald, but you made a good point to mention that, like, Dame should probably count because he was, like, three weeks away from being 22. But if 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 if, if we count Dame, that's just two people, you know what I mean? That's just two people on that list that look like, you know, great players or even just a good player. So we got to keep that in mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's really just about Obi beating the odds. And, you know, credit to him. He seems like a great kid, you know what I mean? Like, his work ethic is crazy. His story is pretty crazy. I mean, kid from Brooklyn that's, you know, just became a national college player of the year. Like, and he just seems like a good kid, you know what I mean? Like, I know Macri said himself on a pod that, like, you know, some people may question whether he has a basketball IQ, but the character is never in question with him. So I think that's a great, great thing. And, I mean, hey, like, Leon obviously knows him well, CAA connection. So that those are all my thoughts, you know what I mean? But actually, let me throw a conspiracy theory out there. Do you remember how, hold up, I mean, this might be legit, but, like, it's it's a theory that I've been, it kind of makes sense now. But remember how we was in the coaching hire thing. Tibbs is looking like the front runner, And then the next day, it's like, oh, no, Jason Kidd is a front runner. He's on the verge of being hired. You know what I mean? Every Knicks fan is panicking, pissed off. You know what I mean? It's obvious, like, to any, like, body in the Knicks org, they could obviously feel the temperature of a fan, of the fans. And boom, what happens the next day? We got Tibbs. You know what I mean? The day of the draft, the big rumor that's settled throughout the day, we're trading up for Toppin. All, most Knicks fans going crazy. But then what happens? He falls to eight, and we're all just like, all right, we're cool with it. Most of us are cool with it. So I think the Knicks are doing these leaks to, like, set expectations. Mm-hmm. So then when, like, that crazy, mm-hmm. like, shit that pisses us off doesn't happen and the alternative happens, we're not as mad at the alternative. You know what I mean? Like, there were some fans that didn't want Tibbs, but they came around on Tibbs when Kid seemed like the front runner. You know what I mean? There are fans that didn't like Toppin, but that didn't like Toppin and were dead set against trading up for him. But then when you fell to eight, you can't be mad at that, you know what I mean? Because we could have traded up for him, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's my theory out there. But, yeah, I'll let you get your top and takes off, you know what I mean? Shit. I mean, that theory can't might not be that far off because when, when the kid thing happened, uh, I think the point that we made was they probably did it to just, you know, increase kid's profile just a little bit as, as a favor to him because right. uh, he wasn't doing so well in the league. Um, even, though he, even though he won a championship a couple months later with the Lakers. But, um no, I, I that could be it because, uh, you know, as far as leaks go, the Knicks haven't had any, or it seemed like they didn't have any apart from that one that they might be willing to give up two picks for for Toppin. But, you know, luckily for us, we won't ever have to find out if they were ready to do that because he dropped down to eight. And I think because he's, he he dropped down to eight, you know, the pick itself made sense. I think my, my favorite pick was Hayes. I believe yours was also Killian Hayes. And because he was taken at seventh, um, you know, it, we're a little bit more okay with it, but I think I forgot who it was. But someone made a point in the, in a live stream that it would have been a lot harder if he um, was drafted at five because of the pressure he would have gotten from the Knicks fans and from the Knicks media. Because at that point, he would have been a guy that we gave up two picks for, and if he wasn't panning out the way he should uh, or is expected to, it would have been a lot harder. But because he was drafted at eighth, you know, those expectations might not be there where he's expected to be a superstar. I think that pressure's still gonna be on RJ Barrett, which I think he'll he'll embrace Barrett. Facts. Um yeah. I think I think Toppin's gonna have a little bit more wiggle room to to make a mistake here and there. Uh Mitch Robinson still got his back and, and at the five if Toppin got the four. You know, Toppin at, at Dayton, a college basketball player of the year, he was known as the best basketball player, you know, of of that season. And I think if he if they made it to if March Madness happened and Dayton was was there, I think he would have elevated his profile even more. Um, Facts. I I'm excited to have him in the Garden. I think I think the Knicks are always a lot more fun when there's an athletic player 
dunking on on players. You know, say say what you want to say, but when when Amari was dunking on guys for that hot couple of months that he did it for, it was fun. <laughs> um, and you know, even if they don't win many games, if if J.R. Smith is there dunking on guys, or if there's any any sample of athleticism on the Knicks, the team we we end up watching that like clip for deck for years after. So, yeah. I think I think we're gonna get a lot of a lot of cool clips from Top. And as long as he plays solid defense. Where he's able to just hold his own for a little bit, uh, he should be okay. And you know, I think it's a fair expectation given the coaches that he's that he has now with Tibbs and and Payne. These guys are known as as coaches who can develop the players. You about to say something? Yeah, I was just gonna interject on it. I'm just like I don't have a chance to say it on a live stream, but like, hey, I mean, we're talking about Tibbs, like hopefully getting the best out of Toppin on the defensive end. I mean, like Cat looked like a straight up future like defensive player of the year contender when he was at Kentucky, you know what I mean? And then Toppin's right. defensive tape in college doesn't look as like doesn't look nearly as good, you know what I mean? So maybe Tibbs could get through to Toppin just because like to go back to our previous points, it's the dis- uh, disposition and the demeanor of Toppin compared to Cat, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like maybe that work ethic will probably be the key there. So hopefully that's what it is, but yeah, I mean I just yeah. want to chime in there with that, yeah. Yeah, the other thing is that Cat was the center of the team. I believe, right? Or was that or was that what yeah, he, he was the center? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's more pressure on being the center because you're definitely right. expected to be the anchor of the defense. Mm-hmm. Top, right. Like, we got Mitch for that. You know what I mean? So exactly, yeah, definitely. So okay. if we have Mitch for that, you, you'd hope that it'll hide some of Toppin's flaws. But I'm excited to see the offense um, of Toppin. Nice. And for this for this pick, I'd give it, you know, probably give it an A minus at that point. A, I'd say, yeah, A minus you know? is nice. I was gonna say B plus, like if you want to haggle, like B plus slash A minus. But one thing I wanted to say is like, cause I know I was pretty transparent, like, on the last time we talked about Toppin. Like, I didn't really study him or research him because I legit didn't think a top-five prospect, we had a chance for it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then once it came out that we really loved him, we might trade up for him, then I looked a little more into him. And then obviously, after we drafted him, just watching clips of him, I didn't realize he was such a good passer, you know? I mean, I yeah. see that in scouting reports with Mike Schmitz, but, like, passer on the roll, he can he has a nice jumper that's developing. Um, you know what I mean? Like, Sim always points out he needs to work on his footwork. I have mm-hmm. no doubt Kenny Payne will get to that, but... Like you said, I think he's a great fit with Mitch on paper, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, let's get a little bit into our second first round pick, Emmanuel. Quickly, controversial, controversial. Basically, um, if you weren't following, the Knicks had the twenty seventh and thirty eighth pick starting the night. They traded those two picks to get the twenty third pick, and then you know, later in, later into the night when the Knicks the second pick, the twenty third pick was approaching. We heard about a trade where the Knicks gave up that 23rd pick to get the 25th and 33rd pick. So basically what they ended up doing for free was move up a total of uh, like four spots or five spots. They they went from – Right. So they went from um, 27th to 25th altogether and 38th to 33rd altogether without having given up anything, which is an excellent move on the Knicks' part. Now, at 21 – I forgot which team it was, but Tyrese Maxey was Sixers, was drafted. Sixers. The yeah. Sixers, yep, <clears throat> that was a great pick on the Sixers. Facts. And I think I think the Knicks had eyes on Maxey, and that's why they wanted to move up. But I think once they saw Maxey was going to Philly, they they went with their alternative move. Now at the at the time of the twenty fifth pick, Tyrell Terry was still available, Desmond Bain was still available, RJ Hampton was just taken at twenty four. But if the Knicks stayed at twenty three, they could have gotten him. But they ended up going with Emmanuel quickly, mm-hmm. who is a shooter. And you know, scrappy defender, kind of fast. But you know, what do you, what do you know about quickly? Well, to be honest, like I remember on the live stream, I was just like, when it was announced, Emmanuel quickly is twenty fifth. I legit was the first one to speak up. I think on the stream, I was like, what? 
<laughs> I literally just said what because like, um, I was familiar familiar quickly to the point where I knew that he was probably expected to go in the second round range, high second round at that. Even before this draft, though, I remember like reading about him like two three years ago because like you know what I mean like. He was a highly touted high school prospect. You know what I mean? Like he was a five-star prospect going to Kentucky. You know what I mean? So, like, obviously he caught the headlines there. Read the scouting reports back then. And me, like, to full transparency, I'm a 2K, 2K fiend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I play, like, the franchise mode and then download the draft classes. So I was familiar with quickly because he would be in these random draft classes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing about just – um quickly himself like i saw a good tweet that kind of summarized it he was a 42 percent you know um shooter from three 90 percent from the line and anybody that scouts the draft will tell you like to measure the mark of a good future shooter his free throw percentage better be there you know what i mean like it's better be at least 80 percent or up that's the best sign like statistically correlating to like shooting percentage in the future overall and quickly got that in spades um he's like what six three one ninety and his wingspan is crazy, though. He's, like, almost like a 6'8 wingspan for a guy that small. I think so. So, like, yeah. positionally, he can probably become, like, a 1-2 combo defender. And his profile is that of basically, like, if he was, like, legit 6'5", 6'6", he probably would have been a lotto pick. You know what I mean? But since mm-hmm. he's a point guard that doesn't really play like a point guard, you know what I mean? He's not really a playmaker. He's just really just a shooter like that. And defender as well. i got to mention he's a scrappy defender from all I've read and from what I've seen. So, I mean... That being said, I know people were surprised and mad, and like the names you mentioned, I personally wanted Desmond Bain. I felt like he was, you know, for going with the theme of getting pro-ready rookies, 22-year-old and above, Bain would fit with that with Toppin, right? But quickly, obviously, Kenny Payne knows him from Kentucky, and I, like, shout-out to Macri, give him uh, credit, um, but he said uh, during the draft, the Knicks actually tried to trade up for Kira, but then he went to 13 to Pelicans when mm-hmm. it looked like he was coming down. And Macri also said we tried to trade up for Maxi when it, when it looked like he was coming down as well, but then Philly got him. So then once Maxi and Kira were off the board, they went down the list, obviously, of like their their targets at point guard. Quickly probably hit all the checkboxes. Shooter, um, familiarity through Kentucky, that Kentucky pipeline. And from what I could tell, and like nobody has a bad word to say about his character. You know what I mean? He was like, mm-hmm. uh, he was like one of those locker room leaders on Kentucky. You know what I mean? Kenny Payne loves him. And, you know, I don't know about you. He's only been on that in our franchise for like six months. But I'll trust Kenny Payne's judgment. You know what I mean? If all these Kentucky all-star big men, you know what I mean, like seem to like trust their lives in Kenny Payne's hands, I'm going to take that dude's word. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to trust his expertise. So, yeah, I mean, that's a quick quick note on quickly. <laughs> yeah. I did that. Uh, but. <laughs> for, for quickly... I'm going to give a quick shout-out to my boy, Yassine, because we were talking about it yesterday. Um, he actually lives in Missouri, so he has a bunch of friends who – we went to high school together, but he lives in Missouri. Um, nice. He has a bunch of friends who are Kentucky fans, and he he watched every single game uh, of Kentucky and saw it quickly, and he's like, dude, when I saw it, they drafted quickly, I was super tight. I was like, tight? damn. I was like, what? damn, why do you say that? He's like, listen, he'll, he'll, excite, he'll excite you a couple of games, but – this guy turns over the ball so much, and it, mm. he'll 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 be someone who's going to aggravate Knicks fans. And we made a little bet. He's like, yeah, in like two two seasons, I think he said three seasons. This guy won't even be in the NBA anymore. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll I'll take that bet. I, I you might be right because at the end of the day, he is a late first round pick. He was projected to be a second round pick, and most likely, you know, picks like that don't end up in the NBA after three or four years. Um, but Screw it! I'll I'll take my chances on Kenny Payne and see if he's able to develop quickly. This kid is a shooter at the end of the day, and shooters end up staying on NBA teams. Um, he is not a playmaker, which is true, and you'd hope that that's the first thing that they work on 
or quickly. But when you hear something like that, what's your what's your first thought? I think it's just like exaggeration and kind of a misunderstanding of what we expect from quickly because just the way this draft was set up it definitely seemed like we were looking for shooting above playmaking Mm -hmm. and to me that indicates that they have a playmaker lined up like we've we've been hearing the intel from next reporters that like their starting point guard isn't on the team yet it's going to be either through free agency or trade so with that being said going into this draft you got to find rookies that complement whoever you're uh you obviously compliment RJ. You want shooting around him. Top and quickly will do that positionally. You know what I mean? Because if RJ's at the wing, you want a point guard and then big man that can shoot around him. But in terms of just, like, just, um, shit, I lost my train of thought, but. Shooter playmaking. Yeah, so, like, the playmaker thing is just, like, he's coming in, like, he's a 25th overall pick. You know what I mean? So, like, our starting, like, let's say we don't want this, but let's say we get Russ. This draft makes sense now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we got two rookies that shoot, and then RJ and Mitch will probably the other t- other will be the other two young guys in the rotation. Maybe Knox will get spot minutes, but I feel like every other player in that rotation afterwards is going to be vets. You know what I mean? And they're probably all going to be vets that shoot. That's if we get Russ, and then if we get Van Fleet too. You know what I mean? Like, so I think in that vein, like we're not expecting, or at least smart Knicks fans aren't expecting quickly to come in and be like. Yo, Chris Duhon breaking like assist records right mm-hmm. out the gate. You know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we're not expecting that kind of playmaker. Yeah, we, we, we like, try yo. not to mention that name on this pod. <laughs> yo, shout out to Chris Duhon though. You know what I mean? I've never seen a man drop assists so easily while playing drunk because he definitely looked like he played <laughs> drunk many many times. But um, yeah, quickly, I don't know. I just think it's exaggeration. And I want to stay on that point about like he was projected to go second round. What did we hear all like eight months of this draft lead up? Like it's. After right. the top three, it's like choose your own flavor. There's probably mm-hmm. not much difference in quality between 50 and 40. Right. So like with that being said, and like every obviously every NBA team had their own different board, and the way the draft played out, there were some surprising like selections. Like nobody saw Patrick Williams going for, you know what I mean? Number 10, Jalen Smith. Mm-hmm. I saw every mock have him in uh, the late first round, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, so things, yeah. with, with that being said, it's just like quickly at 25 isn't really – it was surprising, but I wouldn't say, oh, shit, we like really overdrafted him because yeah. this draft being so weak just dispels that notion. You know what I mean? But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think objectively Tyrell Terry would have been the better pick, at least projection-wise. I think Kevin O'Connor had him in his top 12 maybe on his big board, which is which is pretty big, and this man went straight to Dallas – so uh, in the thirty-first pick, which which really you know burned a little, but um, no, I'm I'm cool with quickly. I think he'll he'll be a decent player on the team, and you'd hope that Kenny Payne does his work on on him and increases confidence as even at least being a somewhat um, a good playmaker. But it's the shooting. The ninety-two percent is a big factor of a good shooter, night and that's that's a telltale sign. So we'll we'll move forward just a little bit. You mentioned Russ. Uh, free agency is coming up, and there is a specific player who the Knicks were connected to yesterday, um, a man from Boston who just rejected his player option of $34 million. He is now going to be a free agent. That's Gordon Hayward, who I think he averaged like, what, 25-5 and five last season or maybe a little less. I don't know. Um, question. It seemed a little high when I saw it, so no – I'm not. I'm not gonna. No, I'm just doing a quick hold check. myself I mean, I to it. Like, after all that rumors came out, I didn't even bother checking his numbers because I'm just like, I get it. He's a good player, but yeah, I don't want to root for this guy, bro. Exactly. Like, yeah. Do you want me to explain to you why I don't want to root for him or why we would want to root? No. For yeah. Him? Yeah. No. Go for it. Go for it. This man, I, mag as hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's been on record that him and his family have donated many monies, many dollars and cents to the Trump campaign, especially his wife. You know what I mean? Like, 
So mm-hmm. I, my hope is like he's just using the Knicks as leverage, like the old Grant Hill tactic. You know what I mean? Like we're just gonna use the Knicks in a rumor just to get more money from the team I actually want to go to. So I'm just hoping like maybe Hayward's just trying to fulfill his destiny. And he just wants to take a tour of every racist city in America, to Utah, mm-hmm. Salt Lake City, just <laughs> Boston. Like let's let's go to Indiana, make that trifecta. You know what I mean? And then retire in Oklahoma City. Like that's what I envision for Hayward. But <laughs> yeah. I'm not <laughs> I'm not exactly mad at the front office for you know what I mean like targeting Hayward because let's be real. If you take away the personality and the person on paper, he's the exact kind of wing you want to put that's in between RJ and Mitch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a, the combo three and D wing. That can be a playmaker, shooter, and uh, can be your go-to guy at points, but but wouldn't like really dominate the ball and take it away from RJ. So mm-hmm. he's a good player, just don't like the dude. But yeah, I'll let you yeah, take the if, take the stage. If you explain the player to me without telling me the name, I'd be like, go for him. Give him maybe like sixteen mil for two seasons. You know, get get a team option. Uh, he's a good player, good vet, fits well on pretty much. He's a plug-and-play on any team in the NBA, I'd say, because he there's nothing that he doesn't do he's a scrappy defender can shoot the ball pass yeah, the ball he can do it all um, every team needs a wing you know what i mean that does exactly, exactly what he said so he'd fit on any team you know what i mean like now if we jb made this point yesterday shout out to jb jeffrey balone he said if if the knicks end up getting gordon hayward and he, he was trying to be objective as possible but he said if they end up getting gordon hayward and it looks like russ russ westbrook's uh value in the league isn't as high as you know people once thought it was and they end up getting him at a pretty Pretty decent trade, you know. If you if you don't think too much about the actual contract size, but they they're they they're able to trade for him without giving up any picks, and they give up like Randall and Dennis Smith Jr. He said that's really going to be a, a a monster rebuild in 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 a span of a couple of months or six Facts. months, going from a team that start like that ended with Frank Gang twenty and ten to now having Russell Westbrook, Gordon Hayward, and now Obi Toppin. That would be that would be a big turnaround, and it is something that you know. It's it's exciting to think about, but at the end of the day, like Hayward and Russell Westbrook, their injury history is just too high. Hayward, you know, if we're on a smaller contract, you know, I think it's worth the flyer on, you know, sans his uh, personality, but uh, or his political, um, you know, affiliations. But yeah, Westbrook's contract is just, it's just too big of a gamble, dude. Yeah, no doubt, we both on agreement with that, but it's just like. I'm resigned to the fact that we're in the Westbrook race. We can't do anything about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like if if the front office wants Westbrook and this is their master plan, you know what I mean? That like we got our playmaker in, Westbrook will be the driving force, Hayward will be his running mate, and then the young guys will like fill in the roles around them, which will make them better. I could see the vision. Um I don't think the assets obviously we're gonna sign Hayward or we would sign Hayward in this hypothetical. Um but, like, from all reporting, it's, like, the most we'd give up for Russ, if anything, is just one of the Dallas picks, plus whatever poo-poo platter of the players we give him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, a Randall, Dennis Smith, and that Dallas first-round pick, which, you know, there's, there's some debate amongst Knicks fans, but I just think Luka's just a guarantee. Like, he's just going to get better. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think a dude that t- nearly took the Clippers to, like, six games by himself, I think he's going to come in next season. He's going to be automatic 45 wins, uh, depending on his health, obviously, for that team. So I just think it's not going to be a lotto pick. It's probably going to be a late first-round pick or, you know, in the 20s. So I think if we throw that pick in for Russ, I see the vision. I wouldn't do it personally, you know what I mean? But I see their logic, you know what I mean? Yeah, I see That's the logic because they basically set up, If if assuming we sign Goran Hayward, they're essentially setting up the team that needs one superstar who can attack at all times and can be the go-to scorer. And I guess that's Russell Westbrook. 
right? Yeah. And um, then he'll be the one that teaches our young guys to work ethic, you know what I mean? So. Right. At, at certain points, he'll he'll distribute out the ball to RJ and tell him to go get it. You know what I mean? So that that would be nice to see. I just, you know, if, if, if Russ's contract were just two years, you know, less, I, I'd be down for it. But Facts. it's just, you know, if I, I – I will say, though, that I think I've softened up just a little bit uh, because I see the vision. And because I see the vision, I soften up just, just, just a tad bit on on seeing Westbrook. If he is signed, I will support him, but I'm always going to be cautiously Nick. optimistic. Exactly. And it's just like, throw it out there, like, power positivity. Shout out to the New Day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm just thinking, like, we might break, like, if this hypothetical goes down, like, the Knicks might just break the record for most dunks in the season. Like, we got Mitch, Toppin, and Russ. You know what I mean? Like, we can't argue that it's not going to be a fun season. Hey, RJ, you know RJ I mean? got a few here and there, too. That's what I mean. Like, RJ's going to be, like, bringing up the rear in that race for dunks in, in a season. You know what I mean? And, which is a good thing because, like, last year I feel like RJ probably would have been, like, leading the team in dunks just because we got so many power forwards that are, like, mm-hmm. not exactly the, the shining example of athleticism. So, yeah, I mean, we're Knicks fans. So, like, we're jaded. We're disillusioned. We're just, like, bitter. So, like, at this point, it's about, I guess, seeing the logic. There is logic there. It's just, like, I wish it wasn't Russ, to your point. If if he is the best go-to scorer that we can get this season, and you're Leon Rose, and you know that with Russell Westbrook, if he has a healthy season, you could you could probably make it to the second round of the NBA playoffs. Yeah, with Hayward as a running make and the young kids. Hayward as a running make, yeah, would, you, would like, you do yeah. it? Well, that's the thing. I think they want to. I think they're just like done with like. I know, I know they want to, but would you? Would you do if you're Leon Rose? Obviously, all right. It, it's not fair to go under the assumption that Russ Westbrook's gonna be healthy all season. But you see his contract. You you know we have Hayward in the bag, and you know maybe I can't really think of any other go-to scorer better than Russ who's available. Maybe uh, apart from James Harden, obviously. <clears throat> um, the thing is, I would do it if it wasn't no first-round picks in the deal. If it okay. was just seconds, you know what I mean? Because at this. It's just bargaining, like you said in the last episode. You know what I mean? So if we could get come out of this deal, this possible Westbrook scenario w- without giving up a first, yeah, I would do it just because, like, you know, Leon and especially Tibbs, they're not trying to do this late rebuild or, like, another rebuild shit. They obviously avoided, like, the developmental prospects in this draft, it seemed like, um, and stuck with who they were familiar with and guys that are kind of more pro-ready or have that skill set you know can translate coming in. You know what I mean? So with that being said, it's like, you know, I think also Leon, because he's very familiar with Dolan and the Knicks organization. He knows that, like, on average, on a good, on, in a good scenario, a GM or president is going to get three years to turn this shit around. You know what I mean? So if Leon could come in and in, in his first season really just get us in the playoffs, he probably has an extension just waiting for him from Dolan as soon as he gets yeah. back to his office. You know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. think he's obviously it's self-preservation, but also I think Knicks fans will be happy, obviously. If we're in the playoffs, we're going to be cheering and shit too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like we're going to be mad and we're not going to be thinking about Russ's contract when, like, we're in a playoff series against, like, was it probably Philly, whoever the top one or two seed is. So, I don't know. I see the I vision. Think, yeah. I think with Toppin in, uh, I, I mentioned this over and over again now, uh, the Knicks are a win-soon team. We're not we're not a project-building team anymore like mm-hmm. we were three or four years ago with after, drinking, after drafting Frank Knox and even to an extent KP. Um, with Toppin, we're, we, we push the timeline a lot further. And I think if we sign Gordon Hayward – we might have to sign Westbrook to make it worthwhile. It doesn't make sense otherwise because it's yeah. like maybe it's Hayward and Van Fleet, which, yo, I'm down for that. You know what I mean? Like 
Maybe Van Fleet can whoop like Hayward's ass a little bit when he gets when that two into that maggot shit, shit leaks mm. in their locker room. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just like, mm. could you imagine little ass Van Fleet have a Hayward in a headlock? Like I could see that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Fred seemed like a cool dude. He, he seemed like a real one. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, if I we sign Van Fleet for. and somehow Conley can be available via trade as well, I know we we already just traded with the Jazz. Doesn't mean we can't mm. trade another one. Uh, to get Conley, I'd be I'd be down to see you know what our options are with him. I'm sure they they'll be down to take out take on a little bit a couple more second round picks. They might they might be down to take back their second round pick that they get to us. We'll see. Um, but we're gonna wrap up this episode of the Nickish Show. Um, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show and all pla- and subscribe to us on all podcasting platforms. Check us out every Wednesday. Uh, on Sportscaster as we do our Nickish at Night show where we bring in new guests every week. And, yeah, we hope you enjoyed this this Nickish cup of coffee edition of the show. And uh, let us know your thoughts on Obi Toppin and, and the Knicks draft and how they're approaching this upcoming season. Uh, I know the season's going to start in about a month or so. I'm really excited for it. I hope COVID, you know, calms down by then. We'll see. California just put out a one-month curfew, which was pretty crazy. I don't think it's as as uh, strict as it was earlier in the year, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, we hope you guys t- uh, stay safe um, and listen to the CDC. Let like real shit. Like we could we could all as a society sacrifice one Thanksgiving. Like to be honest, you know what I mean. Like that's the CDC literally put out a guideline out there, just like don't travel for the holidays. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I saw like on the Washington Post, like seven governors literally wrote up an article urging their citizens not to travel or gather for Thanksgiving. Just because if y'all want to really see that dark winter Biden was talking about, have that regular Thanksgiving and wait two, three weeks, and then we'll see. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to see that. Obviously not wishing the worst, but like, yo, just be smart, be safe, and, you know what I mean, be safe about the holidays. That's, that's what I want to sign off on. That's right. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good day. Peace. Peace.